we're going to talk today, we're going to begin um, talking about holy habits and, um, and wilderness and temptation. And so I believe that if that is happening in your life, that today is a message for you, that God is amazing and um, he wants to do a good work in you. And um, so we're all going to come together and learn together and grow together um, through this worship time. We're going to begin um, our script- with our scripture for today. So let's just dive right in and read this together. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took Jesus to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, I have to stop here for a second because last night I clicked this slide and it went somewhere else. And I ended up saying, and the devil said to him, oh no. (laughs) And I said this morning, that changes the whole story, doesn't it? It would have made things a lot simpler if the devil just said, oh no. But Jesus needed to have this time and so do we. So let's start at the top again. If you are the son of God, said the devil, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to Jesus, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. I see it now. (laughs) Jesus finds himself in the wilderness by design and by his willingness to be led by the Spirit. We appreciate that God often leads us into good things in our life, do we not? You know, this story comes right on the heels of Jesus' baptism and his moment um, of the Spirit coming on in that beautiful um, scene that we remember. So we have good moments that we appreciate. But we also need to learn to appreciate the times when we are led into wilderness experiences. Some of us have already been there. Some of us may be in the wilderness right now. And others of us aren't sure if we would know what the wilderness was. Wilderness could be described as that place or time where we are literally devastated physically or emotionally or materially. For others, wilderness is that place where you just feel lost, uncertain, or confused about decisions or purpose. Wilderness can also be that place where you feel empty and 
hungry and dissatisfied with life. We should also consider this, that wilderness is that place where God takes us to be alone with him. It is that place where there is no one or nothing that can help us fix a problem we have. And because of that, wilderness becomes the place where we are tempted to compromise, to disbelieve, or to try to resolve our problem apart from God. No one wants to be in a wilderness experience, but perhaps everyone needs one. In his letter, James says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We are now several days into um, the season of Lent, that 40-day journey to Holy Week and Easter. And last weekend, um, during worship, during announcements, I commented how I was so looking forward to the Jason Gray concert and um, Ash Wednesday and those experiences because deep down, I could feel that need for me for some time of discipline. And it just feels like there has been so much sickness going around and so many days of gray skies. And um, those days, I just call them crazy busy days. There have been so many of those strung together. And I've been ready for this walk of faith that leads us to Easter morning celebration. Every day in my email, I receive several um, scripture of the day, Bible devotion type things. And I decided that for this year, my part um, of my Lenten journey would be to read all of them every day instead of just choosing one that the headline piques my attention for that day. So Wednesday, I started in and I finish the scripture for the day email and, and I move on to a study devotional and I came upon this statement. And the author said, I have struggled not so much with the season but rather with what Lent seems to represent for many people. It often is little more than a 40-day exercise in playing at getting serious about one's faith. One can easily pray more, study more, try to be a better person, and generally try to be more Christian for a limited amount of time. The first time I read that, I was like, really, God? Like, right off the bat, I'm sure to read my devotion all the way through, and bam, you just convict me right off the bat, you know? And I sat for a little bit, and I had a little pity party, and then I got over myself, and then I started again. And I read the whole way through. And I settled myself here, in this place. That it isn't wrong to have that longing for sacredness, or for the practicing of spiritual disciplines that this faith season highlights, but how then do we ensure 
that Lent becomes less a 40-day exercise in playing with faith and more a purposeful, meaningful, ready for a day-in and day-out intimate relationship with God. I believe it starts with that shift from treating it as just a 40-day season to realizing that Lent can be a call to a beginning of or a renewed energy in practicing holy habits. We see a holy habit right away in our scripture for today when the first thing Jesus does in the wilderness is prepare for battle, excuse me, by fasting for 40 days. I love this portrayal of Matthew, um, of Jesus fasting, because it's a reminder that Jesus is a Jewish man, right? And he would have watched this growing up. It is as, as a practice that they do this fasting. And so, to me, that's just a beautiful word picture. And yet, it seems a little counterintuitive, even though he's doing what Jewish people practice, to deprive yourself for that period of time when you are about to go into a great battle. But by fasting, Jesus actively declares this, I want you, God. I hunger for you, God. I need you more than anything else that this world has to offer. Above all, Jesus knows that this is what's being tempted in the wilderness. John Piper wrote this about fasting. Christian fasting at its root is the hunger of a homesickness for God. And then he goes on to say, If we don't feel strong desires for the glory of God, it is not because we have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world that our soul is stuffed with small things and there is no room for the great. As we find ourselves in times of wilderness, we need to remove whatever worldly distractions are hindering our communion with God. A wilderness time can easily lead us to look for uh, substances or work or technology to dull our senses. We need to make ourselves hungry so that we are desperately dependent on the Lord. Jesus also prepares himself with the holy habit of being in God's word. Deuteronomy was the last book that Moses wrote in the wilderness before the Israelites walked into the promised land to battle. Moses believed that their best defense was remembering what God had already told them. Deuteronomy is where all of Jesus' responses to the devil's temptations came from. Christ did not trust in even his own ability to memorize a bunch of scriptures about behavior. Instead, he sought to remember and respond to the devil with scriptures about God himself. Scripture was to Jesus as a security blanket is to a child. And because of Jesus' intimate relationship with his Father God, he was ready in that wilderness time to combat temptation with Scripture. 
as Jesus followers, as disciples of Christ, we are called then to practice holy habits and to an intimate relationship with God. So what are these words? Holy, definition of holy, dedicated to God, sacred, exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. Habit, a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. And this one I liked about habit, an automatic reaction to a specific situation. My thought about those is that that's what we want with our faith. To have such an intimate relationship with our holy God that we automatically react to life situations in faithful ways. The human desire for intimacy, for love, drives us. But why? And what does it mean to be intimate? Intimate men means in to see me. It's a close familiarity or friendship. So we can see into who they really are and they can see into us. This is something we all long for because it's how God made us. We are designed to connect. And when we have been found by God, it's that moment we recognize that someone finally took the time to peer into the depths of our soul and to really see us there. Part of being human is being aware that we are not complete in and of ourselves. Blaise Pascal once described this essential condition of humanity, as he called it, as having a God-shaped hole. And that is what Jesus demonstrates Jesus knew who he was because he was remembering whose he was. There is no filling of that gap. There is no permanent erasing of that hole except in and through our relationship with God. Perhaps faith, that is, doesn't do away with the hardships that are part and parcel of this life, but rather it gives us the courage to stand strong amid them, not simply surviving, but actually flourishing in and through Jesus, the one who was tempted as we are and thereby knows our struggles firsthand. This same Jesus now invites us to find both hope and courage in the God who named not only him, but every single one of us, beloved children, so that we might also discover who we are by remembering whose we are. Jesus did not go into the wilderness only for himself. He went in for us. He suffered through temptation so he might be able to help those who are tempted in their own wilderness. God speaks in the book of Hebrews, and he says this, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And then the last verse says this, and I would like you to read this aloud with me. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. May it be so.